Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. So good to see you all today. Glad that we're here. And happy Easter. Let me wish you a happy Easter. Yeah, some people are responding. So good to be good to be in church on Easter Sunday. Where where else would we rather be? Well, some people might choose to be at a certain football match. That's another story, but um, <laughs> but um, not not us, because we are spiritual people and, and we're here. Even those who are joining us online, welcome, and so glad that you're with us. We're going to stand in a little second. We're going to worship Jesus in this place today, and uh, really going to focus everything that we do on Him today. Everything that we sing, everything that we say, hopefully everything that we think. Nobody wandering off um, during the service, but. Um, let's stand, we're going to pray, and then we're going to praise our incredible God. So let's, let's just stand if you're able to. Father, we thank you that you are here today. And Father, we just covet your presence in this place today. Lord, we ask that you would just demonstrate your presence in our hearts through our praise. And Father, we ask that you would come and live in our praise today. Father, we ask that we would experience you in our praise and in everything that happens on this inf- this incredible day, Father, that we would know your presence. And Lord, we just pray that your blessing would be upon each one. Father, we just thank you that we're here. We're we're here to worship you. Father, we have health and strength. And Lord, we just pray for Beth today. Lord, she's just struggling today and would have loved to have been here. But Father, we just pray healing and holiness into Beth. And Father, we ask that she would be blessed through your presence with her at home. Father, for everybody who needs a touch in their body today, Father, we just pray healing and wholeness. Lord, we pray that it would flow. Lord, for everyone who's struggling with anything today, Father, we just come and we cast our burdens at the feet of Jesus today. And Lord, we ask for your healing. We ask for your wholeness. And Father, we just we just ask for your presence to be in our lives in such a powerful way today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's praise our incredible God.
you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we just thank you for the words and the songs that we've sung today. And Father, just thinking about these words and the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good, for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. Father, we thank you. Jesus said these words when he walked the earth with his disciples, that I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. Father, we thank you that life uh, starts now and it goes beyond what we can ever imagine. Father, what you have in store for those who believe in you. Father, what you have reserved for us, Father, is just incredible. Father, we thank you for the assuredness of heaven. We thank you that we have eternal life that takes us beyond the life in the body. And Father, we have that hope that, Father, we will spend eternity with you, with your church, with your body. And Father, we just thank you that this is not something that's based on uh, just some whimsical notion. Father, as we'll think about this morning, the resurrection, Father, it's based on things which are so grounded and so solid that, Father, we can't understand why people would question them. But, Father, people do. And, Father, we pray on this Easter Sunday that you would open up hearts, that you would soften hearts and make them open to receive what you want to give to them today. Father, people who have just closed themselves off to what God has for them, Father, maybe they've, they've just closed their eyes a little bit and closed their ears and maybe turned away from you. Father, we pray that you would open eyes, that you would open ears, spiritually speaking, that we may just understand who you are and what you've done for us. And Father, we thank you that we're able to gather today. And Lord, we pray for your church in this world. Lord, we pray particularly for those who suffer persecution. And Lord, we, we know that there are countries where the persecution is severe. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen believers in those areas to be strong and bold for you. And, Father, we pray for the church in Ukraine and the surrounding nations there. Father, that you would cause your church there to be strong. Father, that you would cause them to be strong today on this Easter Sunday. Father, we pray that hope would be kindled in your church again afresh today. Father, we know that we have this hope. It's not just any old hope. It is the hope. Father, a sure hope, a certain hope. Father, we thank you for the faith that's within our hearts today. And we declare with confidence Jesus is Lord in this place today, that he has risen. And Father, we thank you for this truth. And Lord, we pray in a moment as we turn to your word, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive what you want to just deposit in there today. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Great to see everyone today. So glad that you're here. And it's such a blessing to see just so many people, so many people joining us online as well. I hope, great that you're with us as well. I just need a second or two to get organized here. Hmm. Singing's thirsty work. I tell you one thing, I love to praise and worship God. Uh, and normally with that first song that we did, Glorious Day, it's a, that's a Treasure Kids song. And I love to dance and jump about to that, but it's quite hard to do and play the guitar at the same time. So oh, I need to practice. But if you want to dance in church, you feel free. Uh, just to clarify, um, I don't know if you've clocked this. Um, 
the wearing of masks in places of worship is no longer a mandatory thing, so we can't force people to wear masks. All we do is ask people to be respectful of those who still want to wear one, and if you don't want to wear one as well, uh, just please be considerate towards others and just kind of bear in mind social distancing. We do try to keep that in place, the, social, the ventilation and all these things, so uh, just to bear that in mind and just to be patient with one another as we transition out of uh, COVID, hopefully quickly. Um, just to remind you that there's no Monday prayer meeting this week. I think those who are normally there already know that. Um, but there's no Monday uh, prayer, and Sam's will be leading prayer on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be taking a few days off at the start of this week. Just to draw your attention to the Evangelical Alliance magazine, there are three copies up the back. If you want to take one, be there first at the end of the service. Um, it's quite interesting, the, the strap line on the magazine for this month is called to be brave in an intolerant world. What an interesting title. And all the articles are about being courageous and brave, how apt in the times that we live in. And just advance notice, I've already given this date out, but just to remind you, 21st of uh, May, which is a Saturday, and the 22nd of Sunday, we will have Reverend Dr. Glenn Balfour with us. Um, uh, Glenn, I would just call him Glenn, um, is the acting principal of our Bible college, the Assemblies of God Bible College called Missio Day. And uh, he will be with us on the Saturday. We'll be doing uh, exploration in the Bible. And I, I've sat under Glenn's ministry. And by the way, he can really open up the Word of God and explain it all. And you just go, wow. Um, it's just incredible what he shares. So I want to remind you of those dates, 21st and 22nd. I don't see him writing them in a diary just now. Sorry, I'm just doing inspection, is it? Huh? Uh, no, don't have times yet. We're just going to clarify over the next couple of weeks the details of that. It will probably be sort of not early, early morning, maybe about kind of half nine for ten, through over lunch into early afternoon. That's what we're thinking at the moment. So we'll be able to enjoy having lunch together as well, being sat on tables. Um, so just, just to remind you of that, um, I'm going to pray a short prayer and then we're going to launch into today's word, uh, which I hope will encourage people today. Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for Easter Sunday. We thank you for the reality of the resurrection. Father, we thank you that, uh, that we can walk in this incredible life. Father, we thank you that you're answering prayers. Lord, we, we just sometimes are amazed at the way you work in our lives. And Father, we thank you that you're doing a new thing. And Lord, we want to be part of that new thing. And so, Father, we pray, help us to be prepared to be the people that you want us to be. And Father, we ask that you would just come and meet with us now as we just open up your word and as we think about some of the things that are in your word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. A couple of things I forgot to mention. Um, the food bank is running a CAP debt center. Uh, so there's a little bit of information about CAP up the back. Uh, there are leaflets there. We will be speaking more about that uh, shortly. Um, and the other thing I was going to say was Vision Sunday was supposed to be a few weeks ago. I was in my cell, my cell, okay? And so Vision Sunday didn't happen. So that will be next Sunday. And I'll get a few days to just kind of have a rest and be fully prepared for next Sunday. I'm feeling a bit tired today. So you'll need to put up with my mistakes and my faux pas today. Um, but today, I want to think about the garden. We began in Gethsemane the olive grove, and we thought about the agony that Jesus went through there. Last week, we thought about Golgotha, which is translated into English, 
the, the place of the skull, or Calvary, the place of the skull. We thought about that last week. And after the crucifixion, a man called Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for Jesus' body so that Jesus could be placed in his own tomb, in Joseph's tomb. And the Roman soldier was asked to come and to make sure that Jesus was dead. So here was a man who was a professional at doing what he did, and he proclaimed that Jesus was dead. It's interesting that this little fact is in the Gospels because it highlights that Jesus was actually dead. Some people think, well, he didn't actually die on the cross. He just kind of collapsed in a heap and fainted, and then he came back to life again because he wasn't really dead to start with. Well, we thought about this last week, six hours on a cross, and all the stuff that went on before that, Jesus was pronounced dead. The Romans thought he was dead, and it was a full stop. So I'm combining my kids' talk and my sermon into one message today. You might remember I talked about the punctuation in Easter. The first punctuation mark is a full stop. Everybody knows what a full stop is. It's the end of a sentence. The Jews themselves thought it was a full stop. Jesus was dead. Hooray, they all jumped up and down and thought, we've got him at last. But just in case there was any shenanigans, they posted a guard outside the tomb. They put a big heavy stone over the tomb. The Jews thought it was a full stop, but they just wanted to make sure. Even the disciples thought it was a full stop. They thought it was all finished. And I can only imagine how this first Sabbath must have felt. A long, wearisome day, full of grief, full of tears and emotional pain as the disciples mourned Jesus' passing. And at the end of the day, because Sabbath begins in the evening at sunset and goes through the Sabbath starts with a rest and sleeping, and then you get up and you enjoy the day and you do all the things you do on Sabbath, and then it comes to an end at the sunset of the following evening. Because I wondered, how did the women manage to buy spices after the Sabbath had finished and be at the tomb first thing before the sun had even got up? That's why, because Sabbath finishes at sunset. Then they went off to buy all these spices to come and embalm Jesus. So it was first thing in the morning, and the women arrived at the tomb. If Good Friday was a full stop, or so everyone thought, the Sabbath was a comma. And you all know that something comes after the comma. Comma is different. As we see in Luke chapter 24, verse 6, the angel said, he is not here, he has risen. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, Peter says to the gathered crowd, God raised Jesus from the dead. One of the little mysteries in the Gospels, I think, is where did Jesus go in between all the times when he appeared to the women, to the disciples, a week later to Thomas, who was the one who doubted, remember? He said, unless I put my fingers in the, the nail holes, I'll not believe. And then Jesus appeared and he goes, there you go. He's like, ooh, a bit embarrassed now. You're really here. One of the mysteries is where was Jesus in between times? I don't think the Gospels really tell us, but it's interesting. If anybody's got any thoughts, please tell me what your thoughts are. And when I was wee, I remember hearing all this stuff when I was wee. And when I was a child, there was a lot more talk about Jesus' second coming. The after, so 
Easter and resurrection and the ascension and the birth of the church. And Jesus talked about a time when he would come back again. And we read about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where, Jesus, uh, where Paul was saying to the church there that Jesus would come back, that the dead in Christ would rise, and that those who are alive would be changed, and that we would go up to heaven to meet with God and the other believers in the air. And I heard this message just as a little child, and it really intrigued me and excited me. But I lived this, this, this maybe where it gets a little bit weird, and, and, and can you just need to stick with me, okay? Um, I, I lived at, at a crematorium, right? That's where I stayed. And my dad looked after the grounds in the crematorium, and he looked after the guys who looked after the grounds in the crematorium. And we would wander around down the crematorium, and if you ever visited us down at the crematorium, um, we'd get my clicker switched on, uh, you would be taken by my parents to see the daffodils at springtime um, up the back of the hill. This is what it looked like. It was just such a fun place to grow up. And we used to wander around down this place called the Glade. The Glade. It was a big grassy area with rows and rows of trees. It's quite incredible. See, if you look at a, a satellite image of it, it's incredible. And we used to wander around there and play. But it was also the place, excuse me a little second, where they scattered the ashes. And so I heard this message about Jesus coming back and the dead in Christ rising first and those who are remaining at Jesus' return would be changed and caught up to meet with Jesus in the air. And I remember saying to my mum and dad, I don't want to be down the glade when Jesus comes back. And they said, why not? I says, because I'll get lost in the crowd. I had this idea that Jesus was coming back, and if I was down the glade, all these people would start to come alive again, and they would be caught up to meet Jesus in the air, and I'm like, I don't want to get lost. I'd already been lost as a child in a crowd. I don't like the feeling of getting lost. But here's the thing. Jesus is coming back again for his church. He's coming back. Does that excite you? It excites me, and I hope he comes back soon for his church. And I want to th think about three things really quickly today, all beginning with D. Surprise, surprise. The first one is dawn. It was early in the morning. No time was wasted. And the women went to the tomb, and the intention had been to care for Jesus' body. But crucially, the tomb was empty. <laughs> right on cue. The stone was rolled away. And that's the reason that people roll eggs down a hill. Yes, correct. I'll just leave that there. I might use that later. The stone was rolled away. Jesus wasn't there. And if any part of punctuation fits in here, it is the question mark, isn't it? The question mark. What happened? Where's Jesus? Because the disciples... The women, the Jews, the soldiers, they all thought it was a full stop. And so much so that they came to find Jesus in the tomb, and the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus wasn't there. I told you I was going to use this in a second, didn't I? There's an, area, an element of mystery in this. Now, you're going to like this, but not a lot, okay? <laughs> I have here, let me just see, how does this work? A little bag, Okay. And there's an element of mystery to this bag, okay? There's an air of mystery about this bag. You can see it's empty. 
And I'm going to put this egg into the bag. Hopefully I boiled this egg earlier on. Feels like it's boiled, okay? And I'm going to pop this in here, okay? Just, just so that you're aware that is, you can see that. Can people online see that? So I'm going to change this egg into a cream egg. Because I said in my email, okay, that this week that there would be uh, cream eggs for the boys and girls after church. So if you're here and you're a boy or a girl and you're under a certain age, um, I'm not going to specify what age that is. But when they run out, they run out. So boys and girls get to the Easter eggs first. And so there's an area of mystery about this. The tomb was empty. And here we have an Easter egg. Now, you're thinking the other egg's in there as well, aren't you? Da, 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 That's a fancy bag, that one, isn't it? I told you you were going to like this, but not a lot. And for those of you who, hey, cook, it's not my sleeve. There's nothing can fit up these sleeves. <laughs> so the bag is empty, okay? It is empty. You can see that it's empty. Okay, but maybe, maybe I can make the egg reappear again, but we'll come back, we'll come back to that later. Eh? Would you, we'll come back to that. We we'll come back to that just now. Okay. Oh, the egg is there, smarty pants. I told you you were going to like it. Eh? There's an area of mystery about the resurrection. How could that happen? We know how it happened because God's Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And this is the crucial thing. Let me put a verse in Scripture from the Scriptures up on the screen. This is what Jesus said to his disciples, or part of what he said, and it's recorded by Dr. Luke in the book of Acts, and he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, he went on to talk about other places, but in Jerusalem of all places. It's hardly plausible for this revolution called the church to take place starting with disciples who thought it was a full stop in Jerusalem and then 3,000 people being added to the number of the church at this time what we talk about in Acts, 3,000 people in one day, just outside Jerusalem was the tomb where Jesus had been buried. The Romans could have went there. The Jews could have went there. The disciples and the women did go there. And by the way, the women were there first. And the women came back and told the disciples, and the disciples didn't believe the women. We were sharing this little thought at the prayer meeting on Wednesday night. William Booth, who started the Salvation Army, said this, all my best men are women. There you go. If any part of the story is a question mark, it's this bit. Even for the disciples. And dawn changed to disbelief and doubt. This is an incredible part of the story. Disbelief and doubt. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 17, it says, but some doubted. The woman thought they'd taken the body. Peter and John didn't know what to think as they looked into the tomb. And lastly, the disciples didn't believe the women. Even in a direct conversation with Jesus, he said to the women, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, it's a noble profession, 
She said, Sir, have you carried him away? Tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. John chapter 20, verse 15. And in John chapter 20, verse 27, Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. The gospel accounts are filled with disbelief and doubt. And I think these people were as skeptical about somebody coming back to life again as we would be today. People do not come back to life again. It's against the laws of nature, isn't it? But there had been an intervention. There's a big word. What does an intervention mean? Well, let me give you an example. I have something else behind me. It's a squash ball. It's the only ball I could find in my house. So, squashy, squash ball. Now, the squash ball's sitting on the lectern, but if I roll the squash ball to the right, what's going to happen to the ball? It's going to what? It's going to fall. It's going to be pulled by a certain force, which is called gravity, and it's going to drop not to the ground, but to the center of the earth. So wherever the center of the earth is, that's where that will go. Now, if I roll, you know exactly what's going to happen to this ball if I roll it off the, the lectern, don't you? You know what's going to happen, don't you? It's going to what? It's going to fall. Unless there's an intervention. Somebody caught the ball, and it didn't hit the floor because there was an intervention. And that's exactly what happened with Jesus. There was an intervention. People shouldn't come back to life again. But God raised Jesus from the dead. There was an intervention. And we read about that intervention all the way through the New Testament. Let me put something up on the screen. All these references in Acts and Romans, and 1 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians, and Ephesians, and Colossians, and Hebrews, and 1 Peter. In all of these books of the New Testament, the people who wrote the books talked about Jesus' resurrection. I love it when Paul says, you crucified him. You did it. Would you like to be on the receiving end of that? He did it. <laughs> That's my Lord of the Rings impersonation for those who watch those movies. It was you. It was me. It was us who put Jesus on that cross. Our sin put him on the cross. He died for our sin that we might be free. And the gospel writers talked about that. They talked about that in the early church all the time. But they didn't stop there. They said, crucially, he has risen. God raised him from the dead. And that's what makes Christianity different from every other religion. <coughs> and John Lennox, writing about this. John Lennox is a scientist. He's also a Christian. Some people say that you can't be a scientist and a Christian at the same time. How can somebody who believes in rational thought and empirical evidence believe in a something called the resurrection? Well, many scientists do. And he says this. Luke makes it obvious that the early Christians were not a credulous bunch. In other words, they didn't just believe anything. Unaware of the laws of nature and therefore prepared to believe any miraculous story, however absurd. They felt the difficulty in believing the story of, a, of such a miracle just like anyone would today. 
If in the end they believed, it was because they were forced to by the sheer weight of the direct evidence presented to them, not through the ignorance of nature's laws. These people were intelligent people. Sometimes we think that old people don't really know very much, young boys and girls. Some of you think your mums and dads don't know very much. Hey, they're a bit, mm, a bit slow. How do you know get the technology? I was it pointed out to me that I text using one finger, right, rather than this thumb malarkey. I, I just can't. My thumbs don't work like that. Anyway, that's another story. But old people know things as well. And people who lived in the past knew things. Think about the people who built the pyramids. They're absolutely astounding. You can even find the laws of mathematics in the pyramids. It's, in, it's amazing. Dawn led to disbelief and doubt, but disbelief and doubt led to delight. Those who love Jesus must have experienced so many different emotions and the Gospels give us an insight. Matthew talked about the women at the tomb and said that they were afraid, yet filled with joy. Mark says about the women that they were trembling and at the same time bewildered. It's like, what's happening here? It affects the whole being, body, soul, and spirit, everything. Luke talks about the disciples, joy and amazement. And Mary Magdalene said this, I have seen the Lord. Nobody believed her. But she said, I've seen the Lord. And then it goes on to tell us that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. If anything, in punctuation, this was the exclamation mark, the big line with the dot at the bottom. Jesus has risen. He's alive. Incredible. And they saw Jesus. Over a period of 40 days, they bumped into Jesus and they ate together and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And then eventually, he raised, he was ascended back into heaven where he is now and, and he sent his Holy Spirit so that we could have this life in us. The problem is that there are so many people in our world who simply disbelieve that Jesus is who he says he is. And there are those who believe but yet live with lots of doubts. Do you know, it's not necessarily a problem to live with doubts. That's not necessarily an issue. But our doubts should drive us to find answers. I've been in that place where you're filled with doubt, where you're filled with questions, where you just don't, don't understand things. You know, I come from an engineering background. A plus B equals C. One plus one equals two. E equals MC squared. And if you want to find out the resonant frequency of a tuned amplifier, it's 1 over 2 pi root LC. So I come from a, a background where things need to work and make sense. Can I just say something? The resurrection to me makes sense because I feel and experience the life of Jesus in me. So many times when I pray and I ask God for wisdom, God gives me that wisdom. God gives me that answer to a prayer. God speaks to me. I hear his voice, not audibly, but I hear that impression in my heart. Our doubts should drive us to discover the truth. But I pray today that we will be people who delight in Jesus, who delight in the Lord, who are filled with joy and amazement. I said earlier on that Christianity is different from every other religion. At the end of the day, Christianity is not about forms. It's not about rituals. It's not about things that you say. 
and bells that you ring and smells that you smell and all those types of things. Christianity is about a relationship with the Heavenly Father through Jesus. It's not about saying or doing the right thing. It's not about being good enough because I don't know about you, when I've done something wrong, you want to win your way back in, back into the good books, don't you? Does anybody remember doing something wrong when you were wee? And you got that look, and you're like, it wasn't me. Ian did it. Some people are still doing that. <laughs> we don't like to be wrong, but when we do things that are wrong, we want to work our way back into the good books. It's like when you hit your pal at school, and you did it by accident. He's like, ah, and you're like, oh, God, hit me back, hit me back. Because you want to make yourself feel good that you've been done to as bad as he has. But that's not what Jesus is about. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's the gift of God. We can't work our way into God's books, good books. We can't earn our salvation by doing good things. And it's so tempting to think that that's how it works. And we put ourselves in the balance. This is all the good things that I've done in my life. This is all the bad things that I've done in my life. And it goes that way all the time. And we can't earn our way into his good books. We just can't. That's why Jesus died on a cross. We sung it earlier. We don't, we don't stand before God because we're worthy. We, we stand because he's made us righteous. We stand in his righteousness. It's incredible. And Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for all that we've been talking about over the last few weeks and today. And this is what he said. Before long, the world, and the Greek word that is used there is cosmos, and it's talk to, talking about order and structure and the ways that things work. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. It demands a response from us. You can remain a skeptic your whole life. And some people do. Or you can sit in the fence. I've tried sitting in a fence. Back in that house that I was talking about, I remember sitting on the fence and falling off the fence and tearing something in the process. And it wasn't very nice. We can't sit on the fence our whole lives. We need to make a decision. Will we believe in God or will we disbelieve? Will we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead or will we disbelieve? Will we believe that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit into this world to live in us today, to make us clean, to make us pure, to make us whole, to bring us into a relationship with the Father or will we not believe? Or will we try to just earn our way in through doing good things? It's a gift of God's grace today. The third option is that you can accept him as saviour. And I'm not just talking to people who've maybe never made that decision to accept Jesus as a saviour. I'm talking to the church and everyone today. We need to make Jesus our saviour every day, depending on him, depending on his strength and not on our own strength. Do you know I'm going to say a little prayer? If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, then today's a day that you can do that. It's a little simple prayer, and you can pray that prayer. And if you pray that prayer into yourself, and you really mean it, and you say amen at the end, you say, 
I want to be a Christian. Then today, God will come into your heart through his Holy Spirit. But tell somebody about it. Because we need to believe in our heart and we need to tell people about it. Believe inside, tell other people. It's got to come out of our mouths as well. We've got to tell somebody. And then I'm going to pray for us as a congregation as we progress into what remains of Easter Sunday. And I pray that we have a fantastic day. Let's just close our head, close our heads, close our eyes, bow our heads as we pray for just a little second as we finish things off today. Father, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you love us so much that you sent your only son to die for us and that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, life that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. Father, not only here, where it begins, but on into eternity and eternity with you. Father, we want to live in eternity with you. We want to be part of the church. We want to be part of what you're doing in this world today. And so, Father, we just ask that you'd help us. Father, that you'd just give faith into hearts that need faith. Father, that you'd open eyes that need to be opened, open ears that need to be opened. And Father, that you would just have your way in our lives today. Father, we ask that you would come and meet with us. And for those who have never made a decision to invite Jesus into their heart, today's the day you can pray this little prayer after me. I'm just going to say something, and you repeat it after me, and I'll give you a little pause so that you can do that, and then we'll go on, and at the end we'll say amen together. So here's how it goes. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus died for my sin. I thank you that Jesus rose again on the first Easter Sunday. I ask that you would come into my heart today, that you would forgive me, that you would make me clean, and that you would live in my heart today and help me to follow you help me to believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we pray for everyone who's potentially prayed that prayer today. Lord, we ask that your spirit would come in and that you would strengthen and that you would just encourage. And Father, that you would just give them what they need today from you. Lord, open their minds to understand the scriptures as well. Father, we pray for this church, and we pray for your church across the world today. Father, we thank you for Easter Sunday. We thank you that we can remember this day where Jesus rose from the dead. Father, that fact of history which was never contested by the Romans, never contested by the Jews, who desperately wanted this not to be the truth, that's why they put the guard on the tomb, Father, is because they didn't want anybody to think that Jesus could ever possibly have risen from the dead, yet he did. Father, even the disciples and those closest to Jesus disbelieved. But Father, we thank you that they came to believe because they met with you after the resurrection. And Father, they spent time with Jesus. And Father, we thank you for their words that they wrote down. We thank you that they shared that message so that, Father, we can be here today having that message been shared down through generation to generation through generation. And Father, this is our turn. This is our day as a church to share this message with the next generation. And so, Father, we just pray that you would bring that anointing to preach that word to a new generation, perhaps a generation who've never heard about you. Lord, give us that strength to do that and the words to share and the way to share it. 
And Father, we just pray for your blessing on this church. Father, for everyone who has physical needs today, Father, we pray that you bring healing through what Jesus has done for us. Father, we read in Isaiah that by his stripes we're healed. Lord, may we experience the, the very healing presence of Jesus today in our situation. Father, for those who need a touch in their, their mind or their spirit, Father, whatever it is. Father, maybe some people struggling today with doubts. Maybe some people struggling with temptations. Father, we know that you always provide a way of escape. And Lord, we pray that you just minister into every heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. And I hope that you have a fantastic Easter Sunday. Enjoy whatever you're doing. Make sure you get a cream egg, boys and girls. Get there before the grown-ups do. Because uh, some of them are already getting ready to run. Okay, so Lord bless you. Take care.